Hello fam, welcome to another episode of Moments of Reflection. Um, so I want to start off by saying I'm in the beautiful city of Tulum right now. Um, so if you hear the background, um, it is some water and some birds and just some nature that I hope does not distract you. I also want to say that your girl got sick out here. My last day here, I was in the bed um, trying to recover. A friend of mine that came um, had not been wearing a mask when we were out traveling in large groups. And even though I was, they were not. And so here we are. <laughs> um, I had actually been trying not to get sick for about two months now. So I guess it was bound to come. But at any rate... We are here, and today we are going to be talking about um, Is It Us? You know, the title is Is It Me? Uh, today's conversation is going to be about understanding our needs, understanding our trauma, how that impacts us, um, and how we can really get to a space of uh, accepting ourselves and also living with it and making adjustments. Uh, so this episode is going to be quick because I am recovering from this cold. Um, uh, but I, I still want to make sure I said it while it was on my mind. So this, uh, this message is inspired by me. I learn so much about myself all the time. And like I share with you guys, when we have experiences, whether they be good or bad, we don't heal by... Um, constantly looking at the other people, you know, and asking ourselves, um, you know, what are they doing or reminding ourselves constantly of what they did. That's not how we heal. We heal by recognizing how we feel in the moment, recognizing our own responses, recognizing our own behaviors and actions, and then coming to a solution about what's best for what we need moving forward, right? So uh, I have talked about um, attachment styles before, but it's been probably like early days of 2022. You could probably scroll down and catch that episode if you wanted to hear the full details. But just to give a little pre, um, just to give a little disclosure. So there are about um, four different attachment styles. Now, if you read certain books, everybody has different theories. But when this attachment style theory first came out, which was like, I believe it was James Bowlby, don't quote me, and Mary Answorth, they did research um, with monkeys and then they did research with children. Now, I forget which one. I think James Bowlby did the research with monkeys and then Mary Answorth did the research with children. Okay. But I don't want to talk to you all day about that. Just want you to know that I do know what I speak when you listen to my podcast. When that theory first came out, which was, I believe, the late 1800s, okay, it was only four. There was secure attachment, which, of course, speaks for itself. We know who we are. We know what we need. We are not, um, you know, uh, off track by other people's behaviors um, and we can, for lack of better words, we can hold our own, right? That is secure attachment. We know how to self-regulate, take care of ourselves. 
that's the goal that we all are seeking. Some people are there more than others, but for the most part, that's what we're all seeking. Then there's the anxious attachment, you know, where we get worried and concerned when people are not there. And even when they are there, we get worried and concerned too, right? Because we don't know if they're going to leave. We don't know if they're going to go away, et cetera, et cetera. Then there is the dismissive, right, or insecure attachment. Whereas with that one, you know, the person pretty much dismisses behavior that people do. Um, they do that to protect themselves because the pain of accepting that someone is hurting them is so big and so great that they avoid even accepting that it's happening to them. They find other ways to um, take care of themselves, to not think about uh, the pain, right? Um, and then there is the fearful avoidant, uh, which is mine and many codependents, right? Um, and that one is, you know, we like being around people, but we don't trust people. We need time to recharge solo. Uh, we'll hang around people. But we don't really like people that much. Um, and what I am learning is that I spent, and maybe you are spending, a lot of time trying to quote unquote fix myself, trying to find ways to not be my attachment style, trying to find ways to reach secure attachment. And secure attachment is always the goal, you know, don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is that the message I wanna pass on today is there's a possibility that, that it's us, that it's me, that it's you. It's a possibility that it's us. Um, when we see these battles happening in our friendships, our relationship with our significant other, family members, co-workers, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, the other person is doing something indeed. But what we have to ask ourselves is why is what they're doing making me feel this way? That's how we get to our needs, right? Why is what someone else doing making you feel this way? Now, this episode, I'm not really talking about communicating, but if you wanted to communicate your needs, the best thing for you to do is ask yourself, why does it make you feel the way you feel? Once you get clear within yourself about what that is, then you come to the person and you tell them. You say, hey, you know, I noticed that when you do ABC, it makes me feel this way. I don't like it. I want to know if you and I can talk about it. This is what I'm noticing, what comes up for me when you do X, Y, Z. Um, but this is the solution that I have that I think is going to work good for me. I'm open to some form of a compromise. Or you could say I'm open to hearing, you know, what you feel about it. Now, when we say we're open to, to what they feel about it, does not mean that you change the solution that you have come to about yourself. It means that you hear them out right and you make small adjustments you know it's like say for example somebody say you know um if you say something like well you know i really find that i need time alone uh you know when i when i'm with people for long periods of time i need about two hours to myself 
and the person say something like, um, well, you know, I really enjoy spending time with you and I would like to be with you, you know, more than that. Then that's when you say, okay, well, what can you do within those two hours? I'm wondering what you would like, what else would you like to do? And what can you do within those two hours so that I can have this time to myself? So you see how that works? So it's like you don't back down on what you need. However, you do listen to them and you do kind of help them explore, right? Now, trust me when I say, when I first learned about this stuff, I'll never forget. I told my therapist, I said, uh, and that was before I was getting my hours towards therapy too. I didn't have, this was literally like 12 years ago when I had none of the skills that I'm telling you right now. I was just out here. Um, and I was like, well, that feels like I'm being people's therapist. And I don't want to do that. And my therapist told me, she said, Tanisha, the way that I communicate with you is not quote-unquote therapeutic. It's actually healthy communication. And that sat with me. I was like, damn, she's right. You know, I think we have been conditioned to, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. And it's the other person's responsibility to take it in versus saying, yeah, I'm going to say what I want to say. But the other person does deserve to have it said in a way that's not hurting their feelings or making them feel worse than what they did before we started the conversation, right? Um, and as I learn about myself and my own needs, what keeps standing out to me like a sore thumb is I am a person that actually needs that. I need that unwind time. Like, I can't be with people for large buckets of time that are needy, that constantly need support, that constantly need that one-on-one, somebody got to be with me when I do everything. I'm just not that person. You know, I'm not a judge. of. I have my own feelings about that, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's not our job to judge how people are. It's our job to take care of ourselves. And on my current vacation, I had to come to an understanding that it's my job to take care of myself. And so I literally detached myself a few times. And I had a great experience each time. And um, I just wanted to do an episode because I felt like this was a message that everybody needed. Because our, our trauma is the gateway to, or the path, I should say, to most of the things that we experience and the way we view the world, right? Uh, for me, as a codependent, I share my story. I want you to think about your own story as I share mine. But for me... Being a codependent, being in a household where I was always taking care of people, I've literally been taking care of people since I was six, seven years old. You know, my great aunt and my mother raised me. My great aunt was already 78, but when I was born, you know, by the time I was 10 years old, I was helping her change her diapers. Um, you know, by the time I was 
12, 13. I was helping her take showers. Um, I was walking back from school at 9, 10 years old by myself. Dangerous neighborhoods trying to bypass drug dealers, gangsters, all the stuff. And as I reflect on what I've been through, I want you to reflect on what you've been through at those ages. Because those, those little people are still in us. They're still in us. And so when I get in moments, and possibly when you get in moments, where you feel like you got to take care of somebody, you feel like this person is just nonstop on you, sometimes that irritation comes from a place of this is very familiar. And it's familiar because you remember you doing it before. Your body remembers it. The body keeps score. I forgot the name of the author, but you should read that book. The body keeps score. You know what I'm saying? And it gets to a, a point where you really start to live and feel the same way you felt decades ago. And that's where the depression comes in. That's where the anxiety comes in because it's an old pattern. Now, for me and probably many of you, I've been healing for a long time. So I pick up on shit about myself easily. And that's why I detached. And even though I felt low key, like a little disappointed in myself that, you know, I couldn't continue to engage when I reflected on, I guess the birds trying to get in on the conversation to y'all. <laughs> But when I reflected on everything I had been doing for that person since we've been here, I was like, Tanisha, you exhausted and you drained because this is like going on a vacation with your great aunt or your mama. That's what it is. And this is making you feel like stuck. Like, damn, this is my role. I'm not a good friend if I don't do this. And ain't none of that stuff true. None of it. And so, and that's what I told myself. And so, you know, the message that I have for you is when we first start healing, sometimes we only look at the people around us and we say, this person hurt us, this person hurt us, the boundaries go up. And really, to be honest with you, it's not boundaries, it's barriers. The boundaries go up. And before you know it, we just like, I just don't want to be around this person no more. I can't be around people like this anymore. And you may still be at a stage where that's how you take care of yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't judge you for it. However, I do want you to know that I've been on the other side. I am on the other side. And sometimes it's really us. And sometimes we literally have to sit down, whether it be with a journal, with a therapist, with a coach, even with a really good friend that you trust that has the ability to hold what you say and give good feedback. You know, I'll let you be the judge of that. But however you want to do it, you literally have to sit down with yourself sometimes and be like, okay, but why is this impacting me? Because that's where your healing going to come. Because if I were to have not been able to tap into myself and what I needed, <coughs> excuse me, I would have had a horrible time because for the whole five days, I would have been taking care of, of uh, these people versus me looking at what's going on, how it's making me feel, and then what do I need to do about it. And for me, detaching in the morning, at night, that was the best thing I could have did. Even right now, I just woke up early, 
I packed up all my stuff because this is my last day. And I had me an amazing breakfast. I had a great mimosa. I did some amazing journaling. I saw that I had a little bit of time. And I said, you know what? This is on my heart for a reason. Let me share this message. I don't want to leave here without sharing this message. And I also just wanted y'all to just bask in the moment with me of listening to this beautiful water. And I really just want to sit with you in this moment and say that it's really going to be okay. You know, the more we understand ourselves, look at it experiences is you understanding what you need and who you are. Don't look at stuff when it happens and judge other people. Oh, they like this and I can't do that. It ain't no healing there, y'all. Like I've said many, many times, healing comes from you understanding your needs. Okay, how is this experience impacting me? And what do I want to do differently about it? And how do I take care of myself? Right? And the only way I know for you to do that, I'm not saying you got to constantly hold your trauma in your mind. But whatever happened to you, it did happen. And it's, you don't have to hold it in, your, in the front of your, you know, your conscious every day. But you look at it, look at it like a diary. You know, look at it like a journal. Look at it like a, a mental picture book. When something seems off in your current situation, just, just scroll back. Scroll back. And you may have to go back 10 years, you may have to go back 20 years, you may have to go back 30 years. But just mentally scroll back and say, when, when did this happen before? When did I feel this before? How is this connected to things I've been through before? Because one thing I can say about those inner children inside of us, they know what they need. They just never verbalized it. But now you not five or seven or 10 or 12. Now you 20 plus, you 30 plus, you 40 plus, you 50 plus. So now you can obtain those things. That's where that inner voice comes. The inner voice is that younger version of you. My inner voice is little Tanisha. Little Tanisha was crying out like, I don't like this. And so I had to sit down and listen to her and say, what's wrong? What's wrong, sis? And I scroll back and I said, oh, yes, we've been here before. And no, this is not the situation. And no, this person is not purposely doing this. But we have to take care of ourselves and understand how we feel. Right. So I had to verbalize like I need a little space when I'm on vacation. And then I had to take that time, you know, not the guilt and shame. That's going to be there. And that's something that we'll talk about more during another episode. But for now, I just wanted to share this tidbit with you. I wanted to share this beautiful moment with you because I was sitting here listening to this water. And I know you probably don't believe me, but I always be thinking about y'all because like I said before, I never even thought that when I started the podcast, nobody would listen to me. And so the fact that 20 and 30 of you guys consistently listen to me every single episode, it just warms my heart. And I wish I knew you. I wish I could see your face. But all I could do right now is just say thank you. And I really do think about you. And every time I get a message, every time I'm in a moment of reflection, I share it because 
you know, I just, I just feel like that's what this podcast is about. That's why I wanted to make it about. So I love you and I will talk to you during the next episode. Bye.